We're going to jump right into our notes this morning. Uh, that first blank will be ready to be filled in right now. When was the last time this morning? When was the last time that you chose something hard? When was the last time you chose something hard? This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about something, and it, and it is Father's Day, and we're going to talk about fathers, but I want you to hear something beyond just, I'm not just talking to the dads today and to the fathers, but all of us today, I think, can learn something from this biblical father we're going to touch on today. But I want, to, I want you to think about that question. When was the last time you chose something hard? You chose something hard. I want to tell you a story, and I do have permission to share this, and so I'm going to share this story with you. Um, it was one of those first times in my adult life that I remember choosing something hard. The year was 2005, and uh, I had met this wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, she was just incredible. And uh, drove up on the church. You know, I should have known it was a church parking lot where I saw her. And she saw me and our eyes met and it was like love at first sight for her. And uh, she will tell you that. Uh, I met my wife, Alicia, there in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, I remember going in for a job interview at the daycare there at the church that my dad was uh, the pastor at. And Alicia was outside with her class as so she was a teacher there at the daycare. And um I didn't know it at the time, but she knew it, that this was a special uh, connection. Um, fast forward a little bit, we began to date and uh, found out that Alicia had a little boy by the name of Ian. Ian Allen Jasper was his name, and he was about nine months old when I came into his life. And uh, we had a great opportunity as we began to, to date and began to get to know one another. I had this rule. I thought I was wise beyond my years as a young man and was dating a, a, a single mom. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I have no problem dating a single mom as long as one of two things takes place. One, dad is in the picture and I don't have to be dad. I don't want to confuse those lines uh, for this child. Or two, dad is out of the picture and I can be dad. And I thought that was I thought I was I thought I was setting some pretty good ground rules. Um, nah, little did I know. Uh, but as we began to to go along in life, uh, we began dating. It became serious, and I, I became the father figure that Ian began to know and love. And it was at his first birthday party that I was invited to. We were not yet married yet, and uh, there was probably. I don't know, 20, 30 people at this birthday party. And as a little one-year-old boy, can, he got overwhelmed. He got overwhelmed at his birthday party. And we're downstairs in the basement of her parents' house. And uh, as he gets overwhelmed and, and started to, you could just see the anxiety well up in him. He started crying and, and he takes off running as he's crying. And out of all of the people there to choose to run to, Ian ran to me. And I was sitting across the room and picked him up. In my arms. And I knew that day that I was choosing something hard, but it was going to be worth it. Fast forward a little bit in our life together. Alicia and I were married and we began to, to start our life together. And we were married on May 27th 
of 2006. It was a special day, and Ian was there to be a part of that special day with us. As we went along in our life, it became a decision that we made that I was going to adopt Ian as my own son. And I was glad to choose that opportunity, and I was, I was excited. And we went through the process of, of going through all of the, the rites and all of that stuff and trying to seek out his birth father and, and figuring all of that stuff, getting those rights terminated, and then myself being able to say to that judge on that day, Yes, I am choosing Ian. I am choosing to be his dad. And here's a picture of that day. Uh, what a special day that was. That's when he still wanted to look like me. Uh, <laughs> we had our black shirts and our ties on for that special day. And it wasn't too long after that day, uh, we got a knock on our door. And I remember it vividly. It was a Wednesday. We were getting ready to go to church in our, in our little apartment there in Kansas City, and the knock on the door came, and so we went to the door, and we're kind of frazzled. It's almost dinner time. We're trying to get the kids ready and get out the door. We're like, what is this? Who's coming to our house at this time? And open the door, and it's, it's my, one of my good friends, uh, Drew. He was our attorney that helped us with this adoption. And he was so excited, he couldn't contain, he actually ran to our door and left his wife behind. He was so excited. He had this paperwork. He goes, I got to show you something. I got to show you something. I said, okay, okay, what is it? What is it? He goes, look at this. And it was the finalization of Ian's adoption. And I said, this is so great. He goes, no, look at it closer. I said, okay. So I opened it up and I looked at it and it was his name change and the date that it was finalized was May 27th, the same day we were married. And I thought, what an incredible blessing that is, that I got to have Ian take my name as my son. And I got a couple other pictures here of, of my life with Ian. This was our engagement photos. Uh, that's when I was skinny and uh, didn't have gray hair. Uh, that was a special day in our life. Uh, the day that I proposed to Alicia, and decided to become a family of three on that day. What a special day that was. And as Ian has grown up, our lives have continued. This is Ian and me in, in a, a Jeep that I did own, Tony. Uh, yeah, yeah, what, there's no proof, right? Yeah, uh, that was the first day we had the top off and the doors off, and, and Ian was my first, uh, my first ride in that Jeep with that special day. Uh, was thankful for those moments. Uh, there's other moments that Ian and I have shared over the years. It has not been easy, Ian and I's life together. It has not been easy, and he would tell you that as well. But I'm so thankful uh, when I asked Ian, I said, Ian, can I choose to, can I tell, tell this story? I, I want to I preach this message about being a father that was chosen. Can I tell our story? And without hesitation, Ian said, yes, of course. I'm so thankful that, that Ian has allowed me to be his dad. I'm so thankful for that moment that we shared all of those years ago and that we continue to share today. Uh, I would choose Ian again and again and again. I'm thankful for my son, my firstborn. I'm so thankful for Ian and his life. And just this weekend, he didn't know I was going to share this. He just made me such a proud dad as he got his first job. Amen. He 
he can stop spending my money and spend his own money. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm proud of him. Uh, we got a picture that was sent to us, and he looked sharp, and he did a great job, and I'm excited for the life that he is choosing to live, a life that he's living for the Lord, and I'm thankful for that as well. But we got to choose our hard. And I want to tell you this this morning as we continue this discussion. Choosing something hard will reap blessings. Choosing something hard will reap blessings. I want to talk about another father this morning from Scripture as we read this morning from Matthew. And I want to talk about Joseph this morning. There's not a lot of sermons about Joseph, the father of Jesus, the earthly father of Jesus. But I believe that we can all learn from what Joseph chose, the heart that he chose. And as God chose Joseph for this assignment, Joseph accepted that and began to live that out. And so I want us to look at a few things that I believe we can learn from Joseph this morning. The first thing is this, Joseph was a loving man. The scriptures draw the picture for us of a wonderful, wonderfully caring and affectionate man that Joseph was. And we can see this first and foremost with his relationship with Mary. Joseph was a loving man towards Mary. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Joseph saw and, and was with his fiancée when he found out the news of her being pregnant. And it says that being a just man, Joseph decided to break the engagement or divorce her quietly so as not to disgrace Mary publicly. Imagine this with me, especially if you've been in these in this situation before. You've just met this, this beautiful young woman. You begin to pursue her in all the appropriate ways, and you begin to get to know her, and you begin to dream together. You begin to talk about the, the, the house you're going to have, and the white picket fence, and the Jeep you're going to drive, and all of those different things that could happen. The, how many kids you're going to have, and all the pets. And then all of a sudden, as you're spending one evening together, and you're just loving your time, and then she drops this bombshell on you. I'm pregnant, and it's not yours. It almost sounds like a picture of the Maury Povich show, doesn't it? And, and yet it's in Scripture. It's the Bible, and, and it's something that, that Joseph is chosen for. He gets this word from his fiance. He's pledged to be married. Let me give you a little background here. This isn't kind of like our engagements today where it's just easy kind of for us to get out of it or easier than it was back then. When they were engaged in Bible times, it was as if they were married, okay? So the only way to break an engagement in this era was for an actual divorce, and Joseph, finding out this news that his fiance is pregnant, had one of two choices in, in, the, in the culture in which he lived. One of two choices to choose from. And the first choice that he could have chosen was the penalty for adultery. The penalty for being pregnant outside of wedlock for the woman was for her to be stoned to death by the city. Wow. Wow. You've sinned, you've committed this sin, and it's so serious that we're going to put you to death. I wonder where the grace was back then, amen? But that was, that was the choice that he could have chosen. He could have said, you know what, this is it. This is your penalty. We can move on from this, but you're going to have to pay the price. And he could have made it public to everybody what she told him. And then the, the penalty would have been her being stoned to death. The second option 
that Joseph is contemplating is that he was had in mind, as Scripture tells us, to divorce her quietly, to kind of keep it quiet, to push it aside and say, you know what, why don't you go your way, I'll go my way, and we'll just call it good. You have a good family, I've got a good family, we don't want to disgrace our families, I don't want to disgrace you as a person, I don't want to disgrace our relationship, so let's just separate quietly. Let's go our separate ways. And this, you have to remember, was before the angel of God had spoke to Joseph. You see, Joseph gets this news, and there's no vengeance. There's no bitterness in his heart. The Bible says he was mindful to divorce her secretly. You see, there were ways to limit the shame and limit the guilt so that Mary and her family could still go on and have a good life. And that was the option that Joseph was contemplating. Why? Because I believe he loved Mary so much. He was a loving man towards Mary and he wanted her to be okay. Aren't you thankful for good guys? Amen. That should have been a louder amen than that. Aren't you thankful for good men? Amen. And Joseph was a good man. He was a loving man towards Mary. And because of that, we see that Joseph was loving towards Jesus as well. When Jesus came into the picture, there was no attitude of separation between Joseph and Jesus. There was not an attitude of, well, this child's not my blood, so I'm going to treat him differently. There was no attitude of, no, he's not mine. He's the Holy Spirit's. He's on his own. I'll take care of mine. There was none of that. Joseph loved Jesus. He cared for Jesus. In fact, he adopted Jesus as his own. He chose to be Jesus' father. You see, Joseph adopted the one that the rest of the world would reject. Today, by contrast, we see men that are ready to leave their children and wives or their mothers of their children at any drop of a hat. Men are opting out of the father role because it costs. The Bible talks about this in 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, but those who won't care for their own, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Those are strong words from God's word. Amen. And I think it's vitally important that we know that we are loving and caring people towards our families. Okay, we need to be loving and caring towards our families. So let me ask you this question. How are you doing as being, as being a loving parent? Dad, how are you doing at loving your children and your wife? Mom, how are you doing at loving your children and your husband? How are we doing at being a loving person. Joseph was a loving man. Joseph was also a man of obedience. And I think we can learn from his obedience as well. Joseph was a man who obeyed God. He explicitly followed the Lord's blessing. That when the Lord led him in a certain direction, he went that way. You see, Joseph wasn't trying to forge his own path against God's will. He was living his life. He was providing for his family. But when God had a plan for Joseph's life, Joseph responded in obedience. 
Let's give you a few examples. When God spoke to Joseph in the dream, he's already had this bombshell dropped on him. I'm pregnant. It's not yours. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm believing that God told me this. We're going to be okay. Joseph hasn't heard from the Lord yet. He goes home. He's thinking about it. He's figuring all this out. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream and says, do not be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. I don't know about you, if you've been married, that is such a cool thing when you know that you know that you know that you found the right person. And Joseph, hearing from the word of the Lord, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What does he do? He doesn't consider, consider the, thing, the options anymore. Well, I could still stone her and I could choose another wife or I could divorce her quietly and she could go on or I could do what God... He doesn't, he doesn't just delay on that. The Bible tells us he went and married Mary. He obeyed. Then later on, we see that God spoke and said, take Mary and Jesus, and I want you to flee to Egypt. I want you to leave everything you know because the baby is in danger. What did Joseph do? He obeyed. He left. When God said it was safe to return, after so many years, he said, okay, it's, it's okay now. You can go back. Boy, God, what are you doing? You're moving me here. You're making me give up all my business contacts, all my livelihood, everything that I know. And now you're going to tell me I have to move to Egypt, a place I don't know. I don't have any family. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a business there. I don't know how to take care of my family there. Okay, I'm going to go. Well, now I'm here. I've, I've got my business going. I've got my contacts set up. And now you're going to wake me up in the middle of the night again and tell me to go again? He didn't delay. He didn't ask the questions. He did not question God. Instead, there was no delay in Joseph's obedience. When God said go, he went. I'm very fortunate to have a wonderful earthly father. And my dad, uh, Rod, is a great dad. I was glad to, to visit with him already this morning a little bit. And I'm thankful for my dad my dad, I want to tell you a story about my dad. When I was growing up and God had just placed a call on my life to preach and to teach and to follow in my dad's footsteps in, in, a, in a way. And I was excited about it. We were living in Pueblo, Colorado at the time. And uh, I was getting involved and this call of God was on my life. And I began preaching in youth group and helping lead the youth group and, and teaching Sunday school. And I was doing a lot that, that God was opening the door for me to do. Well, it was on the Wednesday night. Again, Wednesday, God seems to move on Wednesdays in my life. I'm thankful for Wednesdays. It was on a Wednesday night, and, and I had just finished preaching in youth group. I was so excited. I was on one of those spiritual mountaintop experiences where I was doing what God had called me to do. And as any good, well, let me back up. As, as any pastor's kid was, I was one of the last ones to leave the church that night. Oh, Lord, help us. And I remember walking out as my dad was locking the church doors. We were the only ones left in the parking lot. And we got in the car and we were headed home. My dad had this big grin on his face. And I just got done. He asked me how church was. And I just got done telling him how my sermon went and how God moved in youth group. And we had such a great time. And he goes, oh, I'm so excited for you, BJ. He goes, what do you think about moving to Nebraska? What? I just told you that God's using me, that he's, he's moving in my life. He's doing something in my life that he's never done before. And now you're going to tell me that we're moving? What is the deal? 
I said, no, I'm not going. You know, I was a very wise 13-year-old young man. And I remember saying to my dad, no, dad, it's not time. It's not time. It can't be time. And I remember just a few short days later, my dad pulled me aside in our living room and he, he pulled me aside. He said, BJ, I want you to know something. I believe God is working in your life in ways that you can't even imagine. And so I want you to take some time and I want you to really pray about this decision because your mom and I, we're going to go to Lincoln and we're going to interview at this church and we're, we're believing that God is leading these steps. And I want you to pray about it because I want you to tell us if you believe God is saying no, we won't go. And I said, okay, dad, I appreciate that. I'm thankful that you're giving me this opportunity. And, and he, and he did, he gave me that time. And I remember just a few short days after that, I was invited to go up onto the mountains on a Jeep and trip, believe it or not. And, uh, I love Jeeps. I don't know why it is, but anyway, that's not the point of the story. And I get aside in, in the mountains, and we're above tree line. And if you've been to the mountains, you've been above the, the tree line. There's not supposed to be life above the tree line. And I remember getting away over our lunchtime, and uh, I was sitting on this rock, and I looked down, and there's, there's a single blade of grass sticking up between these rocks. And I get down there, and I pick this grass, this piece of grass, and I just start looking at this piece of grass. And I could see the, the detail in this grass. I could see the, it was almost like there were veins in this one, this one blade of grass. And I thought, God, if you can put the detail of the grass together above tree line, then maybe you can take care of me in Nebraska. And it was like God's peace just rushed over me in that moment of saying, you know what? Your dad has given you an opportunity to meet with me, your heavenly dad. And I'm telling you, it's going to be okay. So I went back home and I was so excited to tell my dad that I just encountered, had an encounter with God. And I said, dad, we can go to Nebraska. He goes, I know. I know. We were going anyway. You see, my dad exemplified what it means to have obedience in following God's will for your life. And I remember in, in 2014, if you fast forward in my life a long time ago, seven years ago now, I remember coming onto this campus on a Wednesday night and resigning as your youth pastor to go and to move to Iberia, Missouri. And I remember looking at my kids and telling my kids, we're saying yes to God. And we're going to go where he tells us to go. And I got to exemplify that same obedience that my dad did for me. And Joseph did for Jesus and for Mary. You see, we need to realize, are we being that same example of no delayed obedience when it comes to what God is saying in our life? Joseph loved his wife and his family. Joseph loved God and was obedient to God's direction in his life. And that leads me to the next thing that we can learn from Joseph. Joseph was a man of faith. You see, it takes faith to pack up your bags and head off to a foreign country. With no prospects, with no planning, simply on the basis that God said so. You see, Joseph had faith and he obeyed the dream 
He could have made excuses. He could have stayed where the prospects looked good. But no, he was a man of faith. Let me ask you this this morning. Are you mindful of who is watching your faith? Are you mindful of who is watching your faith? Fathers that are here this morning, your faith will speak to your children. Grandpas, your faith will speak to your grandchildren. You might say, Pastor, I've, I've messed up. I wasn't the perfect dad. I, I didn't get there until later on in life. That's okay because people can still watch your faith today. <laughs> you see, Joseph gave the example. They went to the temple to, to worship. We read stories of Jesus' childhood when they made the trek to Jerusalem to worship at the festivals. Why? Because I believe Joseph said, you know what? It's important for our family to worship the one true God. And we're going together. Joseph set the example. He was regular about worship. I believe that there were times, and I don't know this for sure. This is just my speculation of God's word and understanding Joseph and Jesus' life. But we know that Joseph taught Jesus his trade. He was a carpenter and he began working with him and teaching him his trade, his vocation. And that, I can just imagine as they're sitting there doing and they're, they're building these pieces of furniture and these things with wood in their hands and they're out there and the heat and they're working hard together. I can just imagine that Joseph was out there telling Jesus, Jesus, this is how you put this leg on the table. But also, this is how we give God praise and thanks for providing for us. This is how we worship. I don't know if Jesus was a smart aleck kid or not, but he could have just said, you know what? Yeah, I know I came from him. But I don't think he did. I think he watched Joseph exemplify his faith. I think he embraced it. You see, Joseph set the example in his faith. Maybe you've heard this little story. I want to share it with you. The story about a little boy who was playing uh, on a Sunday morning with his cars while his dad sat and read the newspaper and was watching TV. The boy was getting a little bit loud, and so the dad said to the boy, you need to go and hurry up and get ready for Sunday school. Why don't you go and get dressed and get ready to go? Your mom's about to leave. The boy thought to himself and said, Dad, are you going to go with us this time? No, I'm not going to go, but you need to hurry off and go. You need to go, get ready for Sunday school and church, and, and you need to make sure you obey your father and you go and do this. The boy looked at his dad and said, Dad, did you go to Sunday school when you were my age? The dad said, well, of course I did. And when my dad told me to go get ready, I went and got ready, so go and get ready. And the little boy under his breath as he went to obey his father said, well, I'm sure this won't do me much good either. You see, people are watching your faith. They're watching how you respond. They're watching how you obey your heavenly Father. How are you doing as a person of faith, mom or dad? Grandma or grandpa, we must teach them. We must set the example. We must be men and women of faith that point our children to the one true God. Amen? How are you doing as a person of faith like Joseph? Finally, I want us to see that Joseph was a wise man. Joseph was a wise man. Joseph was a wise man because 
he knew that he needed to redeem the time that he had. He needed to redeem the time that he had. By all accounts that we have from Scripture and from other studies about Joseph's life, we find from the experts that say that Joseph probably most likely lived a shortened life. Something probably happened to Joseph early on in Jesus' life. We don't read after, we don't read about Joseph after Jesus' childhood. And it's presumed that Joseph was only around in Jesus' life until he was about 12 or 13 years old. We don't, we don't have exact dates of that, but that's the presumption of those that have studied his life. Jesus also gives us some insight in the scriptures to this because when he's dying on the cross, his mother is there with him. And he tells John, now she's your mother. Mary, now he's your son. He's taking care of his mom even in those last days. Why would he be doing that? Well, Joseph wasn't around most likely. Joseph is gone. And so Jesus has, has been taking care of his mom. He's been helping in this moment. So we think that Joseph was most likely gone from Jesus' life early on. But Joseph had used what time he had and he had been given this time, and he was honorable, and he was wise with his time. You see, he'd provided for his family. He set an example for them that they would remember. He had raised them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You see, Joseph had other children besides Jesus. We know that because the Bible tells us as much. He raised other boys for the Lord also, and, and daughters as well. He had two other sons, two of them that we know about from Scripture at least, were greatly used by God as well. They wrote books in the Bible. So we know that they had an impact on eternity. James and Jude. What a family to be a part of, amen? Joseph raised his children in the ways of the Lord and he left behind him a legacy that would last lifetime over. You see, he used his time with Jesus wisely. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, are you using your time wisely? Are you redeeming that time that you have with your kids and your grandkids to say, you know what? God loves you and so do I and I'm going to show you. I'm going to spend time with you. Sometimes it's the little things, you know. Dad, will you go do this with me? Well, I don't really want to. You don't say that to him, but you're thinking it. But you go and you do it. Or you see them doing something they haven't even asked you, but you go and you're a part of it. You insert yourself. And guess what? I'll tell you this from experience. Not one time as a dad have I ever inserted myself into my kids' activities and been told by my kids, no, Dad, you can't play with us. You realize that? Not one time. Not now, Dad. I'm too busy for you. Not one time. So are we using our time wisely? Let me share another story with you real quick. I was privileged to sit with my dad and his dad a few years ago. See, my dad didn't have a, his biological dad with him growing up. His dad, his first memory as a child was his dad walking out on them and their family at the age of four. And my dad was tells the story of him running and screaming and crying to his dad as he walked out the door, wanting to go with his dad, and his dad wouldn't take him with him. They've, they've restored their relationship, and they, they've come back together, and, 
And uh, my grandpa, Thelander, is, is, a, is a follower of Christ. I'm thankful to report that. And a few years ago, we were at Christmas time. We're privileged to have my grandpa and his wife with us for Christmas in Wichita. And it was a special time because we didn't grow up knowing my grandpa, Thelander. Um, but this was a cool time. And so I wanted to take as much time with my grandpa as I could. And I remember this one particular evening, the kids were off playing, doing something, and it was just my dad and my grandpa and I sitting at the table downstairs. And my dad asked his dad a question. He said, Dad, I want to ask you something. He said, of all the things that we've been through in life, the one thing I want to know from you, Dad, is this. Are you proud of me? And as, as I'm feeling like the odd man out, I thought to myself, well, should I just leave? This is kind of a father-son moment that I don't need to be a part of. But I didn't. I stayed there and I listened and I waited. And they were silent and as tears were began to well up in my grandpa's face. And before my grandpa could say anything, I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, I didn't have the same life you did growing up. I don't have the same the same questions I'm sure of, uh, that you had for your dad at times, but dad, I want you to know that as your son, my question I have for you, if I were to know one question from you is, dad, are you proud of me? So now all three of us are crying, sitting around the table, and my grandpa looked at my dad. He said, Rod, I want you to know something. I have always been proud of you. Everything you've done, I've watched from a distance. I've messed up. I wasn't around for it all, but I've watched. And I'm so proud of you, my son. Because I look at your kids and I think, wow, you didn't have a dad and you became a wonderful dad. A few years ago, I had the opportunity as I was questioning things in my life to call my dad. And I said, dad. If I wasn't a pastor, would you be proud of me? My dad, with tears in his voice, said, BJ, I'm so proud of you. There's nothing in this world I'm more proud of than to watch my kids walking with the Lord. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, they're watching you today. They want to know if you love them. They want to know where your faith's at. They want to know that you're obedient. They want to see your wisdom come through in their life. So let me ask you today, is there something you can learn from Joseph's life today? My dad learned to make promises to us that he could keep. My dad learned to make hard decisions for his family. Decisions that may not have seemed good at the time, but were better off than any decision that we could have made ourselves. You and I, we must be wise men and women when it comes to leaving an example for our children. Are we redeeming the time we have as Joseph did with Jesus? You see, it's a choice to make. It's not an easy choice to make. 
We may choose to, to be dad or mom. We may choose to be involved. But are we really there? Are we really committed? You see, our kids and our grandkids need us to provide for them. They need us to, to be their provider, their caretaker. But that doesn't mean we just give them a paycheck and sit back and read the newspaper or watch TV. They need us to be affectionate. They need us for laughter and warmth. They need us to set a good example. They need us to be loving when it's concerned for their life and their future. They need us to provide them with a godly counsel and wisdom. They need us to exemplify Christ-likeness to them. I've said this before. My kids see me at my best and at my worst. I hope that the times at my best are the times that they remember. I hope at the times where I'm my worst, they'll give me grace and love and forgiveness. Because I know we're all in this together. But there's one thing I want my kids to know, and they know this, and I tell them that regularly, no matter what, I will always love them. No matter what they do, no matter where they go to school, no matter what job they have, no matter what they do in life, the mistakes they made, I will always love them. Do your kids know that? Do your grandkids know that? Here's my challenge to us all today as we close. Will you be a person who loves others? Will you be a person who obeys God? Will you be a person who has faith in God? Will you be a person who exemplifies wisdom? Joseph showed us these things in his life. And you don't have to be a dad to follow his lead. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas. Will you be a person who loves, obeys, has faith, and is wise? Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, we thank you for this time. As we close in this time of prayer, as we get ready to be sent out into your world, a world you've created, may we be your light as we go. Lord, I pray for every father and father figure here today that you would use them in a mighty way to be loving, to be obedient, to have faith and to be wise. God, help us all as we go to live our lives with your fingerprint on them. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen and amen. Go knowing that God loves you and so do I. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day.